1: Hello, everyone. I'm George Roscoe. And I'm Mark Schneider. And we want to welcome you to today's episode 55 of Say What, where we talk about the threats to our children in the public school system, including the Biden administration's obsession with transforming America into a transsexual nation.
2: That's right, George. And the consequences of this transformation are almost beyond imagining in their harm to society. Um, I recently... Uh, saw an article that was written by our good friends at the Family Research Council, mm-hmm. uh, Tony Perkins. And uh, I, think, I think a, a couple of uh, uh, quotes here are, are worth starting this discussion today. Uh, here's what Tony Perkins writes. Joe Biden did warn us when he ran for president, there were lots of issues his campaign happily downplayed. Transgender extremism wasn't one of them. From tweets to town halls, Biden couldn't have made it clear that he'd be bringing an LGBT focus to him to the White House. Back in 2020, the Democratic candidate was so adamant about transgender policy that he reiterated it two weeks before Americans went to the polls. During a primetime event in Philadelphia, Biden didn't blink when the mom of two confused children asked him, What he would do to advance their cause. I will just flat out change the law, he replied. Well, those, quote, rights for conservatives sounded the alarm would include life altering surgery the mutilation of children who wouldn't realize the mistake until it was too late. In fact, groups like the American Principles Project, APP, put out ads desperately trying to warn America that this is where Joe Biden was headed. Not surprisingly, they were censored, vilified, and accused of anti-trans info and disinformation by The Washington Post. New York Times, the Philadelphia Inquirer, PolitiFact even went so far as to label the claim false, arguing that Biden would never support sex changes for children. Joe Biden did not say children should be able to transition, the AP insisted. Well, a year and a half later, the fact checkers are like cats in a litter box.
1: And, Mark, my blood is boiling right now because I don't know how many conversations I had with people before the elections (laughs) about this very particular thing um, as kind of a, um, you know, a a one issue, you know, major issue why I wouldn't vote for Joe Biden, why they shouldn't either. And most of the time, the reaction was, well, you don't you don't know that. I'm like, listen to the man. That's right. Listen. Like, no, no. His his history, is. he's a Catholic, and historically he's never voted for something like this. Oh, he's the one that supported the Hyde Amendment. The arguments would be endless, but they wouldn't be listening to what he was saying, just like you quoted here.
2: That's right. If you wanted to know, it was out there for you to find out. It was not hidden away at all. It kind of reminds me when Dennis Prager was on the Bill Maher show. And he was saying that, did, did you know that leftists are pushing the idea that men can become pregnant? Mm. And Bill Barr said, what? <laughs> Even he had never heard that. Well, nobody's saying that anymore because it's out there. So the issue uh, now, George, is what is the Biden administration? Adv- is it What are they advancing? W- what's their agenda these days? Well, number one, the normalization and federal tax dollars – for Gender Transformation Medical Services. In her pushback to Alabama's leaders who were trying to ban uh, sterilization surgeries, White House spokesman Jim, Jen Psaki argued, quote, gender-affirming health care for transgender kids is a best practice and potentially life-saving and she goes on to say, but Alabama's lawmakers and other legislatures who are contemplating these discriminatory bills have been put on notice by the Department of Justice and the Department of Health and Human Services that laws and policies preventing care that healthcare professionals recommend for transgender minors may violate the Constitution and federal law. To be clear, Every major medical association agrees that gender-affirming health care for transgender kids is a best practice and potentially life-saving, close quote.
1: And this is how they get things done. You always need to make sure you capture those institutions in that industry, in that area, so that way then when you make public comments like this, you could back yourself up with, quote-unquote, medical facts.
2: That's right, and indeed... Uh, th- this Administration is trying to do exactly that well, in relation to uh, uh, Alabama, they recently outlawed a transgender surgery and gender affirming medical services in fact, it 's a felony in that in that state for physicians to perform those operations. They have a second law requiring students to actually use bathrooms and locker rooms based on their sex assigned at birth. Can you imagine that
1: and shockingly it was just, signed by a so, woman governor
2: yes. Incredible. And like Florida's House Bill 1557, Alabama bars classroom discussions of gender identity and sexual orientation for children through the fifth grade. But um, as we know, George, Alabama and Florida are not alone in making these kinds of laws. Thank God for federalism, by the way, that allows the states – To make their own laws, uh, particularly around education and elections, because lawmakers in at least 19 states have recently proposed bills limiting transgender medical services, which, of course, makes the Biden administration apoplectic. But here's a question, George. Is it even true that transgender medical services, let alone surgery, saves Lives.
1: That's the billion-dollar question because that has become a billion-dollar industry now.
2: Over a billion-dollar industry and growing. Um, you and I have talked about this many times on this program before. Lots of studies have shown that well over 80% of children who have, are experiencing gender dysphoria, if left alone, go on to accept their biological gender and do fine in life. But the rates of suicide and suicidal tendencies among transgender persons are considerably high compared to the general population. In fact, there was an article I looked at recently published in the National Library of Medicine that said that the suicide attempt rate among transgender person, this is tragic, George, ranges from 32 to fifty percent across the nation study
1: mark question about the these percentages is it before they get their surgery and so they commit suicide because they aren't allowed to become who they want to become and nobody's offering them these life changing and altering services, or is it after they've gone through these surgeries? It
2: depends on the particular study, but usually they're involved in the medical transformation or on the other side of it. So it's, it's actually both.
1: That's what I thought. Yeah. For and, and the numbers are quite staggering, even for when you just look at strictly studies for after.
2: That's right. In fact, a Lancet study, a famous medical journal, journal showed that data compiled from the Netherlands, which is one of the most trans-affirming countries on earth, that trans individuals have a significantly higher mortality rate compared to the general population. And warning against the long-term effects of cross-sex hormone treatment. Why why is this a surprise to anybody? I mean, these are life-altering drugs that your body does not normally produce, right? Yep. Um, In fact, the mortality risk among transgender women was found to be nearly twice as high as that of men without gender dysphoria and nearly three times as high as women without gender transform, transformia. Uh, And a similar thing with regards to men, Um, they were over three times more likely to die as a result of non-natural causes, including suicide. So... Very, very tough stuff. And, George, um, a friend who we've quoted many times on this program is uh, Dr. Ryan T. Anderson. He mm-hmm. wrote a book that we've spoken about, When Harry Became Sally. And he recently published an article in the Heritage Foundation entitled, Sex Reassignment Surgery Does Not Work, Here's the Evidence. And uh, I'll quote from that article. When the tumult in shouting dies... It proves not easy or wise to live in a counterfeit sexual garb. The most thorough follow-up of sex reassigned people extending over 30 years and conducted in Sweden, where the culture is strongly supportive of the transgendered, documents their lifelong mental unrest 10 to 15 years after surgical reassignment, the suicide rate of those who had undergone sex reassignment surgery rose to, you ready for this, 20 times that of comparable peers. Say what? It's tragic. It's absolutely tragic. So... George, I don't know where Jen Pisaki is getting her information, no doubt from accommodating medical sources, you know, that yep. have a political interest. Um, but in another study recently published in the Journal of Sex and Marital Therapy regarding transgender medical services, the authors were forced to conclude, the evidence underlying the practice of pediatric gender transition is widely recognized to be a very low quality.
1: And, Mark, over and over we see this. Um, Even in 2018, October, I believe, uh, a professor at the Brown University uh, published the very first of its kind study on rapid onset gender dysphoria, calling it that, uh, recognizing that uh, this is a social contagion. uh, And later, uh, Abigail Schreier latching on to that and actually Um, investigating this topic uh, over and over what we see is that there is a narrative in the sciences that must be upheld it's a political and ideological narrative and so they will consistently and constantly try to pressure um, medicine and scientists to state what's along that narrative and if it doesn't work with the narrative then it's thrown out the window
2: The AMA, the American Psychological Association, unfortunately, have all become politicized. In fact, talking about our good friend Abigail Schreier, who wrote the book Irreversible Damage, which we recommend every parent read. She pointed out that, quote, activists often exaggerate the suicide risk to gender dysphoric minors as well as the mental health efficacy of these treatments in order to coerce parents into acceding to the interventions, medical interventions. But as the authors point out, the transition or suicide narrative falsely implies the transition will prevent suicides. Neither hormones nor surgeries have been shown to reduce suicidality in the long term. But that doesn't matter to the Biden administration. They are going full bore in federalizing uh, this transport this transformation. Um, in fact, Health and Human Services Secretary Javier Becerra, who uh, we know from his uh, tenure here in California, yep. doing much damage, has gone out of his way to champion taxpayer-funded sex changes for kids, insisting on it several times in a recent House hearing. In fact, uh, when a rep- Congresswoman Lauren Boebert asked if tax dollars had been put forward to fund mastectomies, metonymies, and hysterectomies for sex reassignment purposes... For minors with gender dysphoria, Baccaro replied that, quote, Americans are entitled to receive health care services. They are entitled to receive any of the cases you just mentioned. So basically, he, he, he told Congress in another statement to, to butt out a uh, quote. I believe in supporting and protecting transgender youth. I believe that they, along with their parents and their caregivers, will make the best decisions and I would really urge that politicians like you stay out of their business.
1: And this is where parents have to be aware that especially – and here's the, one of the tactics. In low-income schools, what are those, Title, title 10 schools or something like so. that? Um, that receive a heavily subsidized federal funding through, through formula – These are the schools where the federal government likes to come in and test their agenda. Why? Because the low-income schools have, quote-unquote, the underserved and underprivileged populations. Most of the times, those populations do not speak English as their first language. The children of these parents, these immigrants, are being taken advantage of, and they are being used as guinea pigs of previously the gay and lesbian agenda, now the transgender agenda, bathroom policies, bathroom laws, all of that, which started under Obama, was first enacted in those kind of schools because those schools are at risk if they don't comply with the federal executive order. They're not getting money. That's right. And so parents, uh, please understand that no matter how much you hear if you're a person who really strives for diversity, equity, inclusivity, uh, you might be a left-leaning Democrat, but you might have the rationale and the wherewithal to not agree with this transgender agenda, um, which is what Abigail Schreier-Books po- really points out because most of the 400-plus parents she interviewed were Hillary Clinton fanatics. Yeah. Uh, yet they didn't agree with this. Parents, this is a huge, huge, huge disservice to underprivileged, underserved populations, immigrant groups that are being taken advantage of and used as
2: guinea pigs. I would argue that they're being preyed upon. Yes. And unfortunately, George, this is not – I mean, it's bad enough that this is happening to kids in the school system, but it's happening all throughout the federal government. Um, Across the Capitol, Senator Marsha Blackburn, a Republican from Tennessee, was having a similarly disturbing conversation with our defense secretary, Lloyd Austin, who is believed to be quietly studying the impact of adding non-binary and polygender service members to our armed forces Austin repeated that he is, quote, supportive of allowing any person that's eligible and can meet qualifications to serve their country. Well, that sounds good. But who is involved in this study, Blackburn asked, are uniformed military personnel involved? And the defense chief replied that he could not speak to that. She also went on to ask, and what will the living arrangements be for non-binary service members? Are you all going to come back and ask us for appropriation for additional military housing? Um, She wanted to know, how will you handle a service member who identifies as male on some days and female on other days, since this is all fluid? Austin said, quote, he didn't care to speculate on what we're going to ask for. (laughs) I wonder why. Wow. Uh, you get into a um, an Orwellian kind of mental uh, confusion here that there's no way out of. But unfortunately, George, as we both know, this has real world consequences. It does. When corporations and the the, the executive arm of our federal government is pushing this agenda on society, um, forced personal pronouns and women's sports, as bad as they are or the least of the consequences.
1: Did the founding fathers ever envision the executive branch being this powerful?
2: Never. In fact, it was supposed to be probably the weakest branch. Mm-hmm. Um, um, some argue that the judicial branch was supposed to weakest. By far, the legislative branch was to be the most powerful. Correct. Um, <laughs> They couldn't have imagined in their wildest dreams what's happening in American society today, including its government. But another real-world consequence is the transformation that's happening in our young girls. Abigail Schreier has written about this in her great book, Irreversible Damage, where young girls, as part of this social contagion, are undergoing surgeries that are – forever life-altering if they're on these cross-sex hormones for very long. And now our young boys are also going through it. Um, Our whole medical profession is changing to accommodate uh, this new agenda. In fact, after years of lobbying by gender activists... The International Classification of Diseases, what's called the ICD, if you've been to a doctor and you want a prescription or medical services, you've probably heard this mentioned because a doctor has to supply the ICD code to the insurance company to get funding for the the service. Well, in their 10th revision, which went into effect of January of this year, it eliminated the term gender dysphoria. This Standard International Textbook of Disease renames the condition gender incongruence and reclassifies it under sexual health. The psychological symptom distress no longer appears either. According to the most authoritative diagnostic test used by doctors the world over, the once mental condition is now just a physical one. It's like, George, having, if you're gender dysphoric, it's like having a cleft palate. You just need to surgically get it taken care of. And we have an ICD code for that. Yeah.
1: Simple. And and parents, what you also have to understand is that for decades, this was a mental health disorder. Whereas only since 2015, the American Psychological Association handbook changed this from a mental illness to to then transform it to gender dysphoria, which then is now called gender incongruence. Right. So, in really, the, the question that I asked myself when I was researching this a while back was, how? I mean, this was 2018 when I started researching this. So, it was only three years since the APA had changed its definition. And I said, what happened? Like, did we have a medical breakthrough, a scientific breakthrough, a study? No. It is all political activist lobbying no science behind it
2: and as a result you know our laws are being changed in very dramatic ways most people don't think of uh, family law as maybe um, being involved in this but it rapidly is family law is changing such that parents who have children who are going through a divorce and they're arguing about custody issues If there's a conservative or traditionally minded parents who has a son or daughter that's going suffering from gender dysphoria and doesn't want to pursue medical treatment, more and more, George, they are being denied custody of their children and having to pay for the medical services that they don't want any part of.
1: Say this, what? This is
2: being more and more embedded uh, into family law code with accommodating judges.
1: Yeah. Well, you have a child custody case here uh, that was reported by the City Journal.
2: Yeah. And um, here, a, a gen- I, this may be a pseudonym, Ted Hadako, um, but the, and he was fighting um, for custody of his son. That, um Uh, the mother wanted him to go through uh, transition, cross-sex hormones. And at one point during the hearing, the judge in the case asked Mr. Hadako, well, if your son thought he was the queen of England, (laughs) and he really thought it, and if he failed to think it, then it would do real psychological damage to him. More or less, she was saying, would you want to accommodate him? Whether it's subjectively true or not, that this young boy is obviously not the Queen of England. This argument was touted by a judge in a family law case. And the dad was flummoxed by this. He lost custody of his child. And after he lost custody, he got a bill from the insurance company to pay $210,000 in medical fees for his son's transgender medical treatments. Yeah,
1: absolutely horrific. And so Isaiah 520 says, Woe to those who call evil good and good evil. And we know that uh, God's uh, judgment uh, is, is impending here. But parents, um, all of these podcasts that we do, these episodes... I just are trying to inform you to help you understand why our message is get out now. Uh, Get your children out now out of the public school system. Uh, You can go to our website, protectourkidsnow.org, to educate yourself some more. Sign up on our weekly blogs. Invite Mark or I to come and speak at your church or your local parent group. And we also kindly invite you to prayerfully consider donating to our cause. We need your support